Matt, you had a, you missed an right. opportunity there Let's to, get, to make a mad reference to Banana Split when they used to play that for a hoe. That's what they did. That's what they did. <laughs> well, sure. They should bring that, bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> they need to bring that back and bring back Ladio as well. What happened to Ladio? Bring oh, it back. Oh, get that Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me for the first episode of 2024, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Matt. Looking forward to, obviously, Thistle starting the year on the win, so it's a positive note we're starting the year on. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? I'm good, thanks Matt. And same as Rhys said, it's always good to start the year off with a win. But you're in a good mood after New Year's as well, so all good. And rounding off our panel back for a second appearance, Jack Carson. Jack, how are you? All the better for us. We start the year with three points, but especially a five-goal thriller that must have been probably the flattest five-goal thriller that anyone's ever seen. We'll get on to the, the Queen's Park game in a little bit. We've got a few games to get through, actually, since we last recorded. But I'm going to start off by asking, did anybody get any good Thistle-related presents for Christmas? Anybody can come in if they got anything good. Can I, can I take this first, lads? Go for it. I got, so, one thing I will say, see all the black t-shirts in there that are on Greaves? Um, they all must have brought them out for Christmas because they knew that everybody's da, brother, granddad would be getting one. Um, they're all really good. The one I got was the one, see the one that says Partick Thistle, the wee red bomber badge, actually embroidered into the top. I got that. And obviously, what it done the United and we get pumped. So, I might never wear it again, again but... That was my favourite present I probably got this Christmas. <laughs> I know Reese is the superstitious one. He definitely wouldn't be wearing that again. Uh, Jamie, Reese, any good Thistle-related gifts for, for Christmas? <laughs> I, I never got any, but um, similar to Jack, I went into Greece for a wee look. I ended up buying the T-shirt that Jack's talking about in the hoodie version, just for my grander. Keep, keep him warm at Christmas time. So uh, it was an absolute belter. And just echoing what Jack said, there's some variety in there man like you go in just for like even when you go in to look at the new kits or whatever you go in just with the intention of having a quick swatch and you end up 100 quid done coming out covered in thistle merch jamie anything to add here uh i got uh, a poster with like all the different home tops we've ever had over the years my parents got me that which is quite nice so it's gone up on the wall in my flat it's quite a cool thing very nice yeah it does sound cool uh we do have a couple of games to speak about before we go on to the queen's park game the inverness game i think this will be very quick does anything Anybody have anything more to add than the weather ruined this one and a point apiece was probably fair? Does anyone want to go into any more detail on that? I thought at the time I was probably just disappointed that we didn't win because I thought that since Ferguson came into Inverness, they got an obvious bounce because they were absolutely hopeless before that. But then before they came before Hill, I think they had a couple of dodgy results. I think they got beat once, maybe even twice. So I thought maybe that was their bounce done. I thought it was a good opportunity for us to, to bury them at home. But the two teams are absolutely rotten. And when you can see that after... But about 22 seconds or something, then you can't really, can't really grumble with a draw, can you? So. 
No. Uh, Jamie, Reese, anything to add on this one? Good, we'll move on then. Jamie, I'll come to you. Uh, Dundee United at Tannadice on, on a Friday night. Where did where did this one go wrong for us? This was a disappointing game in front of the TV cameras. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great, was it? First half, we didn't really get up to much. There was that Fitzpatrick chance, but apart from that, I don't really remember us having any other chances. If I'm honest, I know I predicted a win for the podcast, but I was not very confident going into this game. I think we are the third best side in this league, and I don't think that's like a a major disappointment with the situation we found ourselves in in summer with the budget and the players leaving us I've always kind of expected us to get playoffs this season if I'm honest Dun United are a better team than us they've got a much bigger budget they've got a better squad and I'm not too shocked at the fact we lost that game it was probably disappointing to end up losing 3-0 because obviously we'd come back into it in the second half thought we were on top for a period but we just never really got that shot off very often. I think we only had apparently one shot on target all night, which I think was that McMillan kind of deflected effort, which I don't even know if it was on target or if keeper touched it or not. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't our best performance. I just yeah, losing three 0 was a bit disappointing because it was obviously two quick fire goals to Tony Watt and it's just ridiculous. But I don't even rate Tony Watt that much, and he's just gone and scored a hat trick. I said that to my mum before the game, so that made me look a complete idiot. But yeah, not not a great outing, but I'm not overly shocked. It's not a panic station's defeat in my opinion. Reese, what about you? What was your take on this one? Aye, much the same. I, I felt right from the get-go, obviously, I, I, I just think we showed them too much respect. Obviously, they got their early goal and and we were under the caution at the beginning. It generally felt for the first 15-20 minutes as if we were playing away at, at Ibrox or Parkhead or something, or as if we were totally dwarfed by Dundee United. And, of course, they've got more resources and a bigger budget and probably, you would say, better players this season. But we just, we were we looked like a golf support. Obviously, we played our way into the game and it was kind of even in the second half and there was opportunities there for him maybe to go and snatch a point and obviously flung caution to the wind and we brought on Rico Diak. We went two up top and it always leaves yourself suspect to a goal at the other end and obviously that's what happened and as soon as the the second went in, obviously Muirhead was injured whilst they scored and it's as if the heads just dropped at that point and they got their third right after it, just completely unmarked and, and we kind of chucked it at that point and we're, we're lucky it wasn't there ended up being four or five and it just to be fair it kind of flattered them a wee bit and it's it's never nice when you have a, a, a doing like that in front of the telly but it's one of the ones you it's kind of I don't think too many Fizzle fans went in expecting the result it's, it's a hard place to go to at the best of times so it was it was it was a so one end of the year with a defeat but you know it's near the end of the world I, I thought there was quite a lot of reaction in the comments online and Dylan's not the man to take us up and Dylan's this and you know at that point, like we're no we're no closer to winning the league if we'd won that game, and we're no closer to falling out of playoffs or leaving third spot after the defeat. So it was it's much the same. Nothing really changed in that game. We've still got a massive cushion in third spot, and we're still quite a distance away from the top two. So it didn't really affect anything too much. It was obviously it's disappointing to lose, but I think it was a bit of an overreaction at full time. I definitely agree with you on, on the overreaction, Reese. I think some of the, the comments online it seems to be getting wilder on the, on the Facebook groups in the last in the last wee while. I don't know why that is. Folk must be bored out of their minds. Jack, anything else to add on on the defeat at Tanadice? Uh, there's a few things that, that kind of bothered me about it a wee bit. Um, I think when you go to places like Tanadice where they're United, they're obviously I think it's fair to say, I don't think it's been too harsh on this way to say that they're a better team than us and they've probably got better players in most areas of the park. You need your best players 
especially I think you probably need all your players pulling yeah, pulling their weight and playing well to get a result um, at Tannadice Sweden United are playing especially with their defending but I feel like even our best players like Lewis Nielsen who I think has been an absolute standout this season for us even even he had a bit of an off night and it was, it was Ross, to be fair, and I think when you have nights like that, Graham obviously didn't really touch much of the ball. Fitzy probably wasn't his best night, but he was the worst. Our best players weren't at the races, and when that happens, it makes it a lot harder for, for us to really get anything. The, the early goal absolutely killed us. Um, we could tell straight for kick off that um, we were going to be under the caution. I think if you, sometimes if you manage to maybe just hold out that first 20 minutes, half an hour before you start asking your own questions, it can, it can totally change the game. But the, the first goal was a terrible goal to lose. I think it just kind of set the standard of that whole first half. I don't, don't remember who was really touching the ball in the first half. But that fits a shot that went over the bar. Came right into it in the second. But we were, we were all right. Kind of held our own. And I, I really don't mind when we kind of roll the dice and try and go for an equaliser and we start flinging the fullbacks up. We go to up top, as we says. I don't mind losing a second goal if that's the way we're going to lose it. You know, losing 2-0 at that point is just the same as getting beat 1-0 and sitting in and accepting it. So I wasn't too disappointed by that, but I don't think we expected much and I don't want to get started on the online comments, man. I felt as if <laughs> once upon a time I, I was like the big dark cloud in that page kind of trolling people and that and now I feel like as I'm some sort of ray of sunshine trying to put a smile on everybody's face these days which is just fucking backwards if you ask me. <laughs> no, I completely agree that if we're going to lose I thought doing subs when, when I was watching it I was sort of nodding along thinking He's given it a good go, he's flung Diak on, he's changed the shape. And we did have a, a sort of decent spell in the second half and the, the second goal killed us. I was actually a little bit surprised Muirhead didn't go down because he could barely move and you think all the experience he's got, he'd just go down and get the game stopped and maybe well in the future because that's really what ended up costing us. We've mentioned 3-0 flattered United. It, it maybe did just because of the way the second half went. It was 1-0 for so long, but really they could have been 3-0 up after 20-25 minutes that we never really got going. Jack, I think you made an interesting point about Nielsen, and I, I have been really impressed with Nielsen. I thought he was really good yesterday, which we'll get on to. But he said his poor games against Dundee United and against Wraith so far this season, and I think that's just... It's it's unfair to pinpoint him, but he's maybe just a reflection of where we are as a squad, where we're good, impressive, but we're not at the level of, of Dundee United and Wraith. But when we're playing the teams below us, we, we do look impressive, and Nielsen's maybe the... The sort of epitome of that at the moment. I don't know if you want to come back in there, Jack. I know totally, but yeah, I think people need to remember Nielsen's a quality player. I, w- I would go as far as saying, you know, I think you should be looking to try and make a dent in that Hearts team as early as next season. Uh, if I was him, he's, he's been that good when he has been good. But you need to remember when he's no, he's not a seasoned pro with hundreds of appearances under his belt in the professional game. He's not going to be, he's not going to be the man of the match for 36 league games this season. It's just. No realistic task that the boy. Um, I totally agree with that's probably where we are as a squad. And I keep getting this kind of comment from me for other people where they're saying, you know, the, the performances in the park aren't good enough for, for the players we've got. And I don't know what players people think that we've got sometimes. You know, we've got some, we have got some right cracking players, but they're either, you know, they're young, it's, it's them making their kind of breakthrough season, some of them. Um, so the other ones, even Fitzy, you know, he's, he's still a young boy, despite having, you know, he's, he's got a lot of uh, professional appearances under his belt, which makes a big difference. But you're talking about guys like McMillan and uh, Milne, who were outstanding last season. But I think people forget Harry Milne's coming back for an injury still, and I know he's been back for a while now, but that injury that he had was a, was a shocker. Um, it was a, really, a lot of people get injuries like that and, and never really return the same player. 
I think he's doing well now. He's kind of starting to kind of come on to a game. But it, it's took him a while to get up to scratch. Keep forgetting Jack McMillan, who was probably one of our biggest players last season. Yeah, he was in and out of the team injury at the start of the season. You know, he's probably just trying to get into his rhythm still. Um, and then there's other players in there that are, that are just kind of making a name for themselves in the game. So I don't, I don't really understand where people are coming from with that. We've, we've got cracking players, but we've not got seasoned pros that we can expect to be turning up 36 games out of 36 in the league. It's, it's just a kind of fantasy I think some people have got. Yeah, I think we were probably just spoiled at the tail end of last season. And I think it's it's not going to be as good as that for a, a, a good long while. And when you look at the run we had at the end of last season, it, it was only two months as well. You're right, Jack. It's not going to be like that for 36 games. And maybe folk have come into this season expecting it to be like that. But only Dundee United have scored more goals than us. And you would say that going forward, we have played some good football this season. And with Dundee United, they've only scored three goals more than us this season and we've not had the chance to play against our, our defence which has been shaky all season they've scored eight past us in two games so I think going forward we have put in some decent performances and it's it's at the backboard really um, we need to tighten but I think the Dundee United one I don't think it was a, a surprising outcome to to not pick anything up at Tannadice when you look at the, the two teams at the moment we'll have a look at uh, yesterday at time of recording Tuesday nights uh, Tuesday afternoon sorry win over Queen's Park and Jamie I'll come to you on this one we'll have a it was an unchanged starting 11 which maybe surprised a few because we'd signed Luke McBeth on the 1st of January from Gowanathan Athletic were you surprised he didn't come into the the team straight away were you surprised there were no other changes from the defeat at Tannadice what were your what was your mood going into the game against Queen's Park yeah I was kind of surprised McBeth didn't start I kind of thought the thing we have been missing has been that sort of defensive midfielder mopping up we haven't really I know he's not going to be a like for like, but we haven't really replaced that kind of Ross Doherty role exactly this season. But maybe Dylan didn't think it would be right to fling him into this game, especially off the back of a defeat. We don't know, but I didn't think there really needed to be many changes to the team. Tried not to read too much into the Dundee United performance. Obviously, it wasn't good, but still, it's, it's Dundee United. So this is a different game. We're playing bottom of the league at home. So Dylan hasn't really been much one for like many wholesale changes to his teams and we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago Matt that he doesn't really drop people very often or make too many changes so positive shots with that lineup. I'll come back to you for a word on the performance in a minute Jamie Reese. what about you were you surprised that it was a, an unchanged lineup yesterday? Not really to be honest because I just don't know who who I would bring in do you know what I mean I, I do I don't think necessarily that any of the players were 100% merited to, to keep their place in the team Obviously, you're off the back of a 3-0 defeat, but I just don't know who you're, who you're swapping them for. And I know, obviously, Macbeth probably could have came in. It's, all, it's always good to see a new sign and get a, get some game time. It's a bit exciting, but I'm sure he'll, he'll get a start eventually. Um, I had no complaints, to be honest, when I seen the team. You know, Stanway can have games where he might not be at his best, and I don't think he was at his best at Tannadice. And that's expected for a 19-year-old who's sort of making his, his breakthrough season in, in professional football. And he's basically going to play at this point in time anyway it looks like he's going to play the full game and uh, sorry the majority of the season and holding midfield for us so I he's going to have bad games throughout the course of a year and he's, he's going to learn it's only going to make him a better player um, and we're persistent with it so it pays off and it, and it paid off in the end we got a, a, we got the three points so I didn't have too many complaints for the team to be honest with you maybe if the squad's different come the end of January um, I'd probably be asking for a few changes but from what we've got right now I was happy with the 11. I'll ask you a question about 
Stanway there then, Reese, because I think you've made an interesting point. He's, he's obviously starting a lot of games. And I think Dylan was careful with him at the start of the season. He did bring him out of the team on a couple of occasions when he was playing well. He was substituted quite early yesterday, and I, th- I thought that was harsh on him, because I th- especially when you bring Olsen on, I think McEnroy's better in the advanced role than he is deeper. And I think when I saw Olsen get warmed up, I think it was the same at Tannadice, I was expecting McEnroy to be the sort of sweet, straight swap there. Do you think he's subbing Stanway off, though, just to protect him in terms of minutes? Because he has been starting so many games recently. It's been a, a good few weeks until he's, since he's not started a game. Probably aye. I think up at Tannadice it was a case of he was on an early booking and you know Stanway's game is tenacious. He gets stuck in and he picked up that early booking and that kind of hinders him a bit. He's, he's, not as, he's not as free and able to go into tackles as he'd like to be. Um, I don't think he was on a booking yesterday, was he? Um, at the time of his substitution. But like you say, it's his first season in sort of men's football. Um, and you can you can play all the games you want at, at youth level, and you see guys who are brilliant at youth level, or or even for Luke Macbeth, you'll find it the same. He'll have the same problem probably. The jump from going to play youth football or, or junior football, just the intensity to jump up to the championship, where basically it's you know how much it means to people, and you as I say, you'll find that with Macbeth as well. He probably struggle for fitness a bit, and I think two games in the space of a few days, although. Ben Stanway is is really fit and he's got some engine on him. He'll tire. It's just sort of the the, the intensity of these games and I, and I think I wasn't opposed to him being subbed off the other day. I thought he was tiring a bit. He looked a bit leggy. But like I say, it's the same as what you're saying. When you when Austin's your option on the bench, you, you sort of think to yourself like, oh, I probably would rather Stanway stayed on there because it hinders McEnroy when you take him off. It's just we've got too many midfielders that are a bit like for light, which is why I'm pretty happy with the introduction of Luke Macbeth and. Um, who knows, we maybe see another one before the end of the window. Jack, I'll come to you then. You can start us off with your general thoughts on the game, the performance. Do you think we were good for three points? We definitely deserve to win. We were nowhere near our best, but we were still good, if that makes sense. We, cre- we created plenty. Um, I thought there was a lot of times in the final third round, maybe the ball just fell to the wrong person. By the tidy wee corner routine with Fitzy, it looked like a bad cross at first. Um, McEnroy's kind of stepped over it and it's felt a hero of all people who's you know, just ballooned it no, he never ballooned it he put it wide and then later on uh, Ben Stanley finds himself in the final third and he just looks like he's got an absolute nosebleed doesn't know whether he shoot across and in the end probably does neither um, I think when you, when you look at the two goals you conceded it was probably just a consequence of Aero being way off it yesterday I thought he was miles off it and I thought Nielsen really, really saved his ass to be honest um, and I think it's his fault for the second goal. Can't blame Stedden at all. And obviously, we all know what happened with the first goal. And just bowling balled it right at Rudy Payton's feet. So, I think if you take those two, kind of, especially the Snedden mistake, that's a bit of a freak mistake. You take that out of the equation, I think we win really, win really comfortably. And we probably should have scored more goals. So, as much as, you know, 3 2, and those people saying, oh, we, we squeezed a, a win out of the kind of worst team in the league. But I don't think we did squeeze a win at all. I think even at 3 2. Queen's Park didn't even really throw it in that as well, only hanging on. Um, I thought we managed the game really well. So uh, we were good for the three points. Aye. Uh, but again, I think we we're probably a, a fair way off our best. I think that's a fair summation, Jamie. Do you agree? And who stood out for you yesterday in Red and Yellow? Yeah, I agree. I think we did deserve the three points. Didn't think in the second half, Queen's Park were up to a huge amount. I agree with what's been said. It was not our best performance yesterday. Definitely seen us play better than that. And it's, it's frustrating to give away a cheap goal. I feel we do that too often. We're giving away 
kind of gift wrapping goals, but a couple of ones you can think of we've done this season. Just stupid, stupid errors. It's just it's, it's avoidable, and hopefully we cut that out. But in general, I think we deserve that win. And so yeah, I've not I've not actually watched it back. I don't know if that fourth goal for that kind of McEnroy Adelaide goal was offside or not. Maybe maybe people's reaction a bit less because we only we were talking earlier on about reactions. I did have a look on the Facebook group. I don't post on that anymore, but I did have a look at it and I saw some people say, you know, I guess I saw someone say something a bit why why do people clap that win? I don't know. I mean, people, some people aren't ever going to be happy with it, but who impressed me? If it Fitzpatrick, it's kind of an obvious shout, got an assist, got a goal, for his all round play was brilliant. You know, he's, he's so good to watch this season. You know, his ability to ignite that turn of pace he has, take on two, three opposition players just by himself, such an asset to have. And I was saying on Twitter, I'm so happy to have him at the club and, yeah, really have to enjoy him while he's here because he's just so good to watch. And he was already mentioned earlier, just in general, but Lewis Nielsen again, I was glad for him to get his first goal. I think he deserved that. He's so comfortable on the ball. He does all the small things you want from a centre half and, you know, he very rarely makes an error. So he's another one that I'm going to enjoy while he's here because I think he'll be destined for bigger things at the end of the season could I think Jack mentioned earlier about him trying to get into the Hearts team and I agree because he could definitely be trying to make a case for getting into that team I think he played in it a bit previously so yeah those two have been impressing me recently Reese, anything more to add anyone else catch your eye yesterday obviously Nielsen was outstanding we all know that it was definitely a man of match performance from him Cap North was his first professional goal doesn't he come much better and the funny thing is he probably should have been sent off in the first half if we're being honest, um, thought Fitzpatrick was really good. Obviously, uh, scored one, made one. Um, I thought the uh, best game we've seen from Kerr McEnroy in a good couple of weeks. I think McEnroy's uh, a, a really pivotal player for us, but he kind of went off the boil um, probably the last month or so, but I thought he was right back on it again at the weekend. So um, those three probably were my standouts from the weekend, but it was a, it was a, it was a decent performance all round. Obviously, improvements still to be made, but... I, I was happy with it and obviously the end of the day, we all know three points the most important thing and you go out and score three in front of your, your home crowd. So I a good way to start the new year. Yeah, to be fair to Mac and on you go, Jack. Sorry, Matt, Reese why do you think that was a red card? I don't know, I just thought he was the last man. That, I'm I think fair replay right? I just you know what you know what saves his ass, mate? It's because like see because he's he squared it to his teammate who was marked. Yeah. I think, see, because he's already made the tackle and then the guy has passed the ball, I think that's what saves him. That's how like, there's absolutely no argument for it being like a goal-scoring oh, opportunity. See if, he, see if the like that ball had been bounced back to him and then he hits him. I think he's yeah. like, I send an half all day, but I think the Queen's Park players just saved him by uh, his decision to pass the ball. But if it wasn't for that, I think we could, we could have been in trouble. <laughs> well, I think you've nailed it, Jack. I think that's exactly why it wasn't a red card. But I... It's because it looks so weird that he plays the one-two, but in theory, he still has denied a, a goal-scoring opportunity. So I think, I think I'd have been shouting for that if it was down the other end. And I think you're right why the ref hasn't given it, but I still think he pr- we probably did get away with that one. Uh, Risha, I, I wanted to go back to your point on McEnroy. I've got to be honest, he didn't fully catch my eye yesterday, but I think that one of the reasons we talked about it briefly earlier, he's maybe not been at his best, is because he has been playing in a, a deeper role with with Bannigan out of the team for a few games. So I think now he's back in that number 10 role. I, I think that will um, lead to improved performances for him. I actually thought Harry Milne was really good. I thought he deserved his goal uh, yesterday. And I think he's actually, Jack, you mentioned he had a, a bad injury at the tail end of last season. I think he's sort of slowly getting back to back to his best. Um, he's sort of looking back to it. At the start of the season, I thought he was sort of struggling for, for 90 minutes at the tail end of games. He seemed to be fading, but I think he's... 
he's sort of building back up his fitness, building back up his confidence. So I think that's a, that's a good sign as well. We'll have a chat about the, the goalkeeper position then, because obviously Jamie Snedder had a really bad mistake, as you've said, Jack, a, a freak mistake. And that listeners to this podcast will know I, I often defend Jamie Stenn, but I said in the group chat yesterday, this was the sort of first time I've sort of started to question it. And the reason I'm normally a, a, a fan of Snedden, the reason I think I would pick Snedden over, certainly over Mitchell and over goalkeepers that have maybe dislodged Snedden in the past, I think Snedden is a goalkeeper that makes mistakes. We all know he's made mistakes this season. In the past, I think he's he's made quite ridiculous saves in our goal and he's had really good command of, of his box. And I think this season he's he's regressed a little bit, not too drastically for, for a while, but since the Wraith game on that Friday night where he, he had a sort of iffy one from a corner, then he had a bad kick. I think since that game, in the intervening games, including yesterday, he's looked really, really nervous, like low in confidence, sort of scared whenever the ball's near him. He's not really commanding his box. And I'm thinking about this season as a whole now. I can't think of too many saves he's made where I've gone, wow, he had a good one at 3-0 actually at Tannadice. But other than that, there's not too many that are coming, in, coming into my head. And that's one of the reasons why I think Snedden in my head should have been our number one for a while. And he's not really commanding his box as much as he has done either. And I think this is a really big couple of days for Chris Doolan because I think Mitchell's obviously got a, a back issue. There might be some other stuff going on there. I don't think McCready's ready. I don't think it's fair to chuck a, a young goalie in when you're struggling for a, like in, in that position. I don't think that's fair on him. So I think Doolan's got a big couple of days in terms of he's got to get his arm around Sned and say, like, you're capable of making all these saves, you're capable of commanding your box, we know what you've got in him and really boost his confidence because you've seen it at, at big clubs, this is a completely different level, but you've seen it with guys like Joe Hart, David De Gea, if a goalkeeper's confidence goes it, that's that's terminal Like confidence is arguably more important than ability and when you've got a goalkeeper, so I think Doolan's got to get his arm around him and I think he might have a decision to make to be honest because both goalkeepers' contracts are up at the end of the season, so he's, he's probably got to look at this now, looking looking ahead for the next year or two. As, as Snedden is man, and if he is, I think he's got to get his arm around him pretty quickly because he, he looks a shell of himself at the moment. And if he's not, I think he's, he's got to sort of may, maybe make a decision this window. I think while we're sort of comfortable in the league as well, it's, it's not the worst time to maybe make a decision in that department. Rhys, you've got your hand up. Oh, I completely agree with you, Matt. And I've said it for a long, long time. Like, I've never been fully sold in the Jamie Snedden bandwagon, to be honest. I do think that he has five good games and you start to think, you know what, this guy's competent, he's going to be our number one. And and then it's a, an egregious error that's just completely unforced. And I, I try and think of other keepers in the league. And obviously you see Dubrovsky for Rafe Rovers. He, he spilled one against United the other night and it was a howler. Let's be honest, it was a howler. But it's still a shot on target and he's made a He's made a stinker, but he's let the ball slip in. The errors that Snedden makes are are errors out of absolutely nothing. It's not like a shot on goal or, or something like that. It's stuff that he'll drop at the striker's feet and leave an, an open net. Do you know what I mean? Like fair enough. Like that goal, the the one that I'm referencing, the Dubrovsky mistake, that's came about because their strikers went, you know what? I'll have a pop at goal, and you never know, it can pay off. The ones that Snedden makes is like you think. I think back to the one at Inverness a couple of years ago, and he just comes out his box and. The ball sailed over his head and they've got a tap in. How many times have you seen a striker roll a ball in an empty net when Snedden's misjudged the flight of the ball or dropped it at the striker's feet or 
he's went up to collect the ball and he's he's misjudged the flight yet. Like it happens. It's it's too much now. And to be honest, I don't think Snedden's a worst keeper by no means. I, I don't think he's he's bad, but uh, you just need to build your team on a decent goalie. You need to feel confidence in your keeping in it. And to be honest, I don't think our team have that. And I agree with you. There's been periods of time where you th- you do think that Snedden's probably um, past this now, but he always reverts back to it. And to be honest, it I don't think it is. I don't think your your first try keeper should be making these errors as as consistent as Snedden does. Um, who do we bring in? I don't really know. I have seen Jack there saying that I had a rumor. I, I don't know about any sort of any concrete rumors or anything, but I just made a joke today that I got a follow request out of the blue on Instagram off Kieran Wright, the boy that was on loan at us in the League One season. I was just sitting like, you know, he he might be on his way back to for how I imagine his contract probably come to an end at Rangers and. To be honest, I'd probably take him. I know him and Snedden were sort of itchy peachy for the the jersey in League One. Um, if Mitchell, if the rumours are to be to believe that Mitchell's away and all this sort of alleged uh, stuff with his his agent and whatnot, and I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Obviously, it's, there's been a, a couple of loan options that have been freed up with McGinley and Williamson away. So, who knows? That could be something that um, Chris Dillon's looking at. But I, who knows? I do think it's a problem area. But if I'm be, if I'm being honest with you, I can't see us going out and and signing a goalie this window. If we, if we go and get someone, I still think it's going to be a young boy on loan from somewhere else, which is never really ideal, to be honest with you. Jamie, have you got anything to add on the, the goalkeeper position? Yeah, I pretty much just agree with what's been said so far, to be honest. I, I don't like being harsh on goalies, but you know that that was really bad yesterday. It's just a, as we said, unforced error. It's just a, it's just a stupid mistake. And we've, it's not just been Stedman this season who's been doing that. It's been other stupid high-profile errors we have done, but Snedden has had a couple of these. The one I think back to is obviously that one at Rafe when he's you know, completely sliced that clearance and we've conceded a stupid goal from it. And even in the first half, you could argue that goal from the corner, well, it's not all his fault. I mean, he kind of, I don't know, it felt like it went in a slow motion. And I don't really know what the answer is because I'd say Mitchell is around a similar level to Snedden, to be honest. I feel Snedden's maybe a better shot stopper. Mitchell maybe... I suppose he's better with the ball at his feet there's a couple of different things between them but I'd say they're not really miles apart in ability and I don't think we'll bring a goalkeeper in this window unless Mitchell does leave so obviously there is that talk that there's some sort of problem with his agent same guy the Anon Dowds guy but I think going into next season I would not be against us having two new goalkeepers Jack I think the problem with Snedden and Mitchell is they're both as good as each other and also equally as bad as each other, and and when it gets bad, you know we know that it gets bad. Um, I don't think that whoever starts as a number one next season, I don't think he's at the club just now. Put it that way. Um, but I do echo Jamie's point. I don't think it'd be wise from a from a budget perspective to go out and get a keeper, even even if it was a loan option. Obviously, you can get all different kind of structures of loans and who pays proportions of money and stuff. Um, I don't see us having three keepers of that kind of level on the books at the same time. I don't think it's wise for a club like us, especially with the talks of the kind of budget and troubles we've had. So I don't see us going and getting one in January, unless obviously if there's, if there's something in, in the pipeline for um, David Mitchell to leave, uh, which you know, I, I'd, I'd be quite surprised if that was the case, to be honest. And obviously the McGregor stuff is rumbling on in the background and all that. Um, we'll not go there again. But I, I, I'd be really surprised if that was 
something that was coming up, um, I'd quite like to see a new keeper at this. I think we've just we've just tried and we've tried and we've tried to persevere with these guys, and I just think it's clear that it, when you've got Aero and Nielsen playing well in front of them and all that, I think it's quite visible in the park when a defence doesn't get any confidence in the goalkeeper, and I think it makes a huge difference. I think we've obviously we've got quite a poor defensive record this year. And I don't think that's just down to the goalies, far from it. I think we've got a few factors contributing to that, but the keepers certainly aren't helping it. I think that's quite fair to say. So I think, right now, I don't think we've really got a choice. I think I'd be stick with Snedden, because we've seen what happens when we give each keeper a run of six or seven games. You know, you're just running down the clock for the next one, um, for the next era. So I think, you know, maybe they always put your arm around Jamie Snedden in the... Make him feel like you're number one and remind him that he is actually there. There is a good goalie in there, but come the summer, I would I would not be opposed by any means. Let's let's get a look at somebody else. Yep, I think that's fair. I think Rhys, you mentioned the Inverness game, and I remember that game because the the Snedden mistake was was an outrageous one. But also in the first half, he made an outrageous save, and I think that is sort of why. And he was obviously a couple of years younger there, and in, in my head, I'm like, there's something there. There's something there. I don't think he's at that level that he was a couple of years ago when he was breaking the clean sheet record, you know, twice, I think, in a in a calendar year. And there's mitigating circumstances in that. He's been in and out of the side. He's had a couple of injuries. Jack, as you mentioned, the defence this season hasn't been as good. And there's probably that probably works both ways. You know, the defence doesn't have much confidence in Snedden, but I don't think Snedden's got much confidence in the defence. But yeah, I think it's important to get his arm around him. And unless like we sort of do see a return to that that form from a year, 18 months, two years ago from Snedden, I think maybe January, if not in the summer, we will be looking for, for a new goalkeeper there. We have had a few outgoings since we last recorded. Wes McDonald contract terminated by mutual consent and the loans of Ben Williamson and Nathan McGinley have come to an end. Jamie, any surprises there? No, none for me, to be honest. They're the three, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, or week or two ago on the podcast, they're the exact three that I mentioned I thought would be off. I mean, McGinley was an obvious one. He's, you know, he's this season's Jason Banton, Mitch Austin, whatever. He's come in, seems to have signed, he seems to have been injured when he signed. I know he's been on the bench like the last two weeks or whatever, but I'm really not surprised at that one. Ben Williamson, I don't think Williamson's a bad player by any means, but he kind of fell out the side, never really got back into it. He, he was okay for us, and I'm sure he'll work and get a different loan move. I'd seen he'd been linked with Hamilton, I'm not sure if that's happening or not. Wes McDonald was a funny one. I mean, he came up here and obviously highly real deceptive. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Mitch Austin looked like he was going to be an unreal player for us from that Juventus reserve highlight game. But Wes McDonald didn't look too bad from what I'd seen from him down south. And he probably could have got another gig down there in League Two. He played relatively regularly in League Two last season, albeit for one of the worst sides in it still. And he's moved up here, he's barely made an impact. I don't really know what it was there. Dylan did mention that he'd struggled to settle up here. I'm not sure if that was part of it, but seems like a nice guy. I wish him I wish him well, and I feel kind of bad that he's almost wasted six months of his career here. But those three leaving, I'm not too shocked. And any other departures, I think maybe James Lyon could benefit from a loan away, kind of similar to the one that Stanway had at Airdrie last season. A loan to a promotion chasing League One team when he's playing regularly. Could be the real making of him, give him valuable game experience and... Obviously, he was in the team at the start of the season scoring goals, but, you know, he's found minutes hard to come by now, and that could be what he needs for his development, because that was brilliant for Stanway, and he's come back a 
you know, a more mature player and only 19. And, you know, James Lyon's only about 20, I think. So I think that could be a good move for him. I think you've made an important point there, Jamie, about the, the type of loan these players get. And I think it is important that we, we put them into a sort of positive environment. I think the Stanway loan worked so well because they were a, a, a promotion-chasing team in League One. And I think if we send guys like Lyon out, I think you're right. It needs to be a, to a similar team. Reese, I'll come to you with a, a listener question from Ross Alexander. And I think I know what you're going to say. He has asked, should we send any players on loan to Clyde to Ian McCall to help them develop? Uh, to be fair, it, it's like what you just said there. Um, you send them to Clyde, they're almost guaranteed minutes. He'll probably start every game till the end of the season because they're, they're better than what they have at Clyde. So it's good in terms of experience. But I don't know if it's a, a good place you're wanting to go right now. Obviously, they're sitting in the basement of Scottish football and really, really struggling for results every week. I've seen highlights of them. I've, I've heard people talking about playing against them and it doesn't sound like there's anything good going on at Clyde. I know McCall has contacts and you expect him to do some work, some sort of minor miracle for him this season and this uh, this window, sorry, and bring in a few bodies. But I don't know if I was sending anyone there, it would I would have thought it would have been Rico Diak. But he's actually worked his way into the picture and, and our first team. And to be honest with you, I actually think, in my opinion anyway, I think he's ahead of uh, Adeloy in the pecking order at the moment, which very harsh for Tommy Adeloy. Obviously, he's done well for us in the limited game time he's had. He's scored a few goals, but I just think Diak seems so, so much more interested when he comes on. And it's it's that that old thing that he, it's just Adeloy's personality where he looks like he maybe can be asked, or he's obviously unhappy that he's not getting play um, game time. But he knew what he was signing up for. He, he came to play second fiddle behind one of the best strikers in the league, the top goal scorer in the league, the, the club captain, you're always going to be setting, setting fiddle to that. Um, and obviously it doesn't help when you've got a youngster who starts the one game that you've got an injury and he scores and then he starts to get on ahead of you um, from the substitute bench. So I don't know if we will loan Rico Diak out. I thought he was he was there to be loaned out. Um, you know, he's, he's he's ready for a loan. He's, he's what, 18, but he's, he's built like a... 28 year old, you know what I mean? He's, he's he's more than ready to go and play in League One or League Two. Um, but it's just depending on whether Dylan wants to keep him around. Whereas, you know, same as what Jamie said, yeah, Jamie said, if James Lyon wants to go there, then I don't know. If kinda, I feel like that kind of kills James Lyon's career. It's a backward step for him. I, I don't know really where you're wanting to send a player like that. Maybe like a Montrose or something, but I, I don't really know because we, we, we notoriously get uh, youth players bad loan moves, but. Hopefully, if we're sending anything out, we'll get get them somewhere decent. I can't remember if this made the the editor's cut of the the missing episodes compilation, but I think we had a decent chat about Diak last time, and we mentioned the same. If he goes out on loan, we hope it's to a sort of attacking team who are playing well, where he'll get plenty of minutes and plenty of chances. But I think it, the fact that we're trying to mould him into the sort of next Brian Graham, I think keeping him in and around the training ground and in and around Brian Graham, and he's now getting the minutes. I think. He probably will stay around. I think that might be best for him. Jack, I'll ask you a, another listener's question. It's from Blakey. He's asked, who do you think the best loan player to play for us is? And is Lewis Nielsen in, in contention in that conversation? He thinks he, he is. Um, I, he's, he's one of the better ones we've had. I'm going to cast our minds right back here. Um, Game Doran's on loan. It's probably quite hard to beat. Obviously, considering where he ended up going after he, after he went back. And I actually remember, oh, don't ask me what season this was, but we were, oh, we must have been in the first division. 
and I think it was actually from Dunfermline. We got Martin Hardy on loan for something like like a month. So I, don't get me wrong, I, I was I was probably really young when this was. Um, but I remember having come back, and if my memory serves me well, which it might not be, because it was obviously a long time ago. Um, I remember having come back and being a kind of level above what we were at the time. We also had Lewis Mayo for Rangers. I thought he was absolutely class on loan. Mayo was the one for me, Jack. I think he would just edge Nielsen for me at the moment, and I think Nielsen's sort of on his way. I think if he's at a decent second half of the season, I think he could be right up there with Mayo. Mayo probably just edges it for me. I was thinking Scott Tiffany because he was uh, a loan yeah, signing exactly originally, and we would exactly. probably still be in League One with him. But you've, you've chucked some good names in there. Um, the I only other one I was good. thinking of was. Uh, Lyle Taylor as well for the impact yeah. he made when he came. Yeah, good call. Um, Jamie, we've also we've obviously mentioned the signing of Luke Macbeth. We've had a wee chat about the goalkeeper position as well. Do you think we need to strengthen anywhere else in the pitch? How do you think the squad's looking at the moment? Yeah, I think on other signings, we still need another centre-half, I think. I know there was obviously talk of Lee Ashcroft happening. I don't know what the status on that is, but that'd be a good signing, I think. I don't know, I think he walked straight into our team, to be honest, alongside Nielsen. Um, I think we could use cover as another winger, maybe a loan deal for that. Obviously, Wes McDonald's gone, he was our kind of quote-unquote cover, even though he didn't really play that much. But it could be hard to... I don't think we're going to get a, you know, out-and-out winger, like, signed permanently, because I think it's going to be kind of hard to attract some wingers due to the fact that Lawless and Fitzy have, you know, if they've got those positions nailed down, it's going to be pretty difficult for someone to break into starting 11, but we could maybe get a younger player on loan, kind of an impact sub sort of player, but I don't think we I don't think we need tons of signings, but another centre back and cover on the wing would be my priorities right now since we've addressed the defensive midfielder because that was my opinion was one of the number one targets. Jack, you got any thoughts on areas to strengthen? Yeah, for me I think we could be doing well, it depends what you view as Eddie Williams as in my opinion. Um, we obviously need that defensive midfielder with sign like Beth which is fine. I'm just going to kind of reserve my judgment on Luke McBeth. Um, I'm one who's very happy just to put my, my trust in the manager. You know, he's in control, knows what he's doing, but I'm not going to say, you know, if Luke McBeth, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to say I'm I'm too shocked. I really, really hope it does, but I'm just going to, going to reserve judgment, not put any pressure on the boy, not really set any expectations, because I, I really do think it could be a variety of outcomes with, with players, for signing players from that level. I think we could we could really be doing a bit of backup for Nielsen. I'm, I'm a big fan of Aero for his service for the club and, and obviously the kind of few encounters I've had with, with the guys up here as well. Um, but I do think this might just be him kind of his turning point in terms of somebody we really want in the lineup consistently for the rest of the season or especially next season. I, I think it might be time to kind of call it quits um, on his first career, maybe. Maybe have him around the places I can back up. I don't even know if, if that would be okay. Um, I thought he looked just really, really poor on Saturday. And I think if it wasn't for having a centre-half as talented as Lewis Nielsen um, sweeping up behind him, I think it could have got us in a lot of trouble on Saturday. Um, he was getting turned far too easily and he was diving into tackles that a, a centre-half has experienced just should, should know better than. And I feel that he's doing these things because he knows that he's not got the same physical capabilities is what he maybe once had, you know, that yard of pace to catch somebody up, but in, in, instead he's just throwing himself into tackles. So I'd quite like to see a bit of backup in centre half. I know we've got Wazir Williams on the bench, but I think it's, to me, seeing Wazir's performances earlier in the season as a centre half, I wouldn't really see that as an option to put him back in there. 
I think he's he's played really well at fullback at times. Let's just kind of let's keep that going if we're going to play with Ziri. I think putting him back in at centre half risks shattering any sort of confidence that he's already built up, and also putting the team in jeopardy of any mistakes that that he might make that we've seen from already. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jack, on, on Waziri. I think it'll be interesting to see where Macbeth's utilised, because he's obviously been announced as a, a defensive midfielder who can play at centre-back, so maybe he might be the centre-back. If he isn't, if he's going to be a, a midfield option, I totally agree. I think we do need another centre-back in there. We will move on to have a look at the our Broth game, and before we get into the game itself, Reese, this is maybe the most important question that we're going to ask today, and it's from Harris. He's asked, are we accepting that the Thistle admin calling a game on the 6th of January as the final fixture of the festive period? This is getting into football cliches territory, but as a as a game on the 6th of January, is, is that allowed to be called the final fixture of the festive period? <sighs> You're hanging out a wee bit with the 6th of January. I don't know many people that are Still half work at that point. Um, so, no, nah, I'd say he's, he's pushing his luck a wee bit, calling that the festive period. But, okay, well, it's like you try and let the good times roll for as long as they can. So, nah, eh, he's, he's miles off it there. But um, in terms of the game, you know, Arbroath, similar to, to Queen's Park, um, obviously they're, they're going through quite a sticky spell at the minute and both those two are, are struggling at the bottom of the table. You look at the, <laughs> the state of Arbroath's bench at, at the last couple of weekends and obviously it led to that wonder goal for their sub-goalie so uh, that's that's probably annoyed Sneddon as well taking away his sort of goal, goal, goalkeeping goal scorer crown but nah, I, I'm looking forward to this game because like you say obviously a good result against bottom of the table Queen's Park, see if you can you can win this it sort of just keeps us back up at the, the right end of the league table and you know, these teams are, are down there for a reason. They've not been able to string two results together all season. There's, there's bust-ups between their players. And I've heard rumours that uh, Jermaine Hilton's leaving Arbroath. I don't know if he's left yet, if his contract's up. I've seen teams like Hamilton are sniffing around him. And, you know, we could do a hell of a lot worse than maybe speak to him. He's done all right for Arbroath this season. But uh, it's a game I'm looking forward to. And I'm, I'm glad that it's for how actually, because, you know, what it's like going to Gayfield at the best of times. So... I we just need to hope that we can carry on where we left off and, and who knows, maybe fingers crossed we can maybe see a, a, a signing in the door before Saturday. That would be, be very welcomed. I'll stick with you, Reese. Can you can you see any changes for the team? Uh, who's do you think closest to getting into it? Um I, I, I don't really see I don't foresee any changes coming for the weekend to be honest. Like I say, unless there is a, a signing made, I just think Dylan will like to stick with a bit of continuity, keep the same team again. You know, it was a winning team. It, it does quite like Blair Alston in there. No, I think Blair Alston is either. I think Blair Alston is is non-existent, but then he'll pop up with a wonder goal. And to be to be honest, you need guys like that sometimes. But I just don't think that Arbroath especially is as a game for that. You're needing guys that are going to get in about um, and get in amongst it. And to be fair. If that's what you're going to get, you're going to get a battle. Maybe it is a game for Luke Macbeth, but like Jack says, you're kind of, I feel like you're kind of wanting to protect him a wee bit as well, you know. And I think Dylan has done that, giving him, you know, a couple of minutes right at the very death, you know, just get, just to get your debut out, get, get the pressure off you. You've made that first step into professional football. You can enjoy that win because if he's in for the start in a, in a crucial game, then you don't know, a couple of bad touches at the beginning of the game and his confidence is rock bottom and you've got guys in the crowd saying, what, what have we signed here, you know? So, you kind of need to manage guys like that as well. Um, so I don't know if it might come a wee bit too soon for him, but I don't know. Dylan's a manager, and like Jack said, I'll, I'll rest my judgment um, at the hands of Chris Dillon and see what he wants to do with Luke Macbeth. 
Jamie, what about you? Can you foresee any changes? Uh, not really, to be honest. I don't think. I think we'll probably just go with the same lineup as started on Tuesday. I agree with what Reese says about Alston. He's a kind of funny player. He reminds me a bit of Shea Gordon in that respect. That he does kind of just float through a lot of the game without really doing much. It's not like he's out there making tons of errors. He just doesn't really have a massive impact, but then he'll pop up for like a really important goal. Kind of reminds me of what Gordon used to do for us sometimes when he played that sort of floating 10-8 role. But yeah, I don't think there'll be any other changes to the lineup. You never know, depending on injuries or whatever, but I wouldn't be against us going with the same lineup that started yesterday. Jack, Ian McKinnon has asked, are any of us good at producing table plans? This is the, the Jags Foundation takeover of hospitality on, on Saturday. Well, one, are you are you any good at table plans? Are you helping him out with that? And and secondly, how, how good a day is this going to be on Saturday? First of all, Matt, if you think that Ian McKinnon has took to Twitter to ask draw, lose, draw, if he's any good at table plans, do you not think he's already asked somebody that's sitting on the board of the Jags Foundation? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, that answers that question. Give us out of it. No, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. Ian's always good at knocking up events. That's his that's his area. That's his specialty. The last year that we've done, you know, the barbecue and stuff, it was it was tremendous. So it'll be really good. He's got a lot of kind of things uh, in store for, for the members that have, that have managed to grab themselves a seat um, that might not necessarily have been uh, made public yet. Uh, I think it could be possibly the first ever boing in the Jackie Husband stand, depending on the the members that have managed to get a seat. So. No, no, it'll be good, and it's a good way. Uh, every everybody wins. You know, your members are getting something out of it, and uh, it's a notoriously kind of low uh, turnout in hospitality um, historically for this. So it's it's a full house, and club will be compensated as if it's a full day in hospitality. So it's a one-win for everybody. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jack, do you want to kick us off with a score prediction for Saturday? I uh, I think I said this is what an opportunity this is for us to. Get two wins at a two um, at home right at the start of the year, right before two really, really hard away games at the end of the month after the Scottish Cup duties. I'm going to say 2 0 Thistle. In fact, see that chat, we're never creeping your clean sheet. 2 1 Thistle. <laughs> That's basically just what's going through my mind as well. I was ready to go 2 0 when I was thinking of our defence. Uh, it can't happen. Uh, I'll go 2 1 as well. Jamie, score prediction from you? Stupidly, I'm going to predict a clean sheet. It's <laughs> probably probably a bad idea, but uh, three 0 festival. Why not? I don't usually go for. I should always go for a safe two one or two 0 So three 0 festival. And Rhys. Uh, and I would go right in between the both there. I'll say three uh, one Jags. Hello, David here. Going to be in hospitality with Matt on Saturday. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great day out, and I think that we're going to win as well. Bit worried about the substitute goalkeeper scoring another Pushcast Award winner against us, but we'll we'll be confident. Three 0 Thistle, and when you look at what we were like last season against both the bottom sides and failing to pick up wins there, it would be lovely to get two wins. So yeah, I'm going to go three 0 Jacks. Excellent, full house of of wins on the panel. Uh, last listener question before we go on to purchase this. So Dave Donnelly has asked, what footballer forenames get on your nerves? And he has suggested Bob and Matty, which I'm actually glad he's, he's said Matty because grown men, I'd say over the age of 21, who are called Matthew, who, who call themselves Matty, uh, need to get in the real world, in my opinion. Uh, so I'll open that up to the floor. Any footballer forenames get on your nerves? 
See, I, I don't have a, a footballer phone name that gets on my nerve, but that's actually reminded me of something that I'd, I hadn't thought about for a long, long time. Um, I don't know if any of you guys will remember this, but I remember back about 2009, 2010, there was a left-back that played for Queen of the South, and I know he said he doesn't like the phone name Bob, but this guy was Bob Harris, and it wasn't a Bob Harris, it was Bob, like, officially Bob Harris, like... The announcer would read it out, and I thought that was class. Like, just authentic, do you know what I mean? Like, no try to hide away from being called Robert or Robbie, whatever, just Bo Paris. And I missed him. He was a, a crack player, wanted a left foot, and he got moved into Blackpool. I'll need to have a research his Wikipedia, see what he got up to in his later career, but he was a good player, and, I, and I'd have probably like to see him play for us around about that era. I'll, I'll come to Jamie and Jack for, for their answers in a minute, Reese, but this is very football cliches as well. Why does nobody ever say wand of a right foot? I don't know. Uh, I can't tell. It's just because it's uh, it's as if it's a, a niche thing to be to be good with your left foot. And every everybody that's got that is left footed has either got a one day left foot or they're not good enough to play football. To be honest. Uh, Jamie or Jack, anything for Dave on this one? I want to have a word with um, about this question because I don't exactly thought about what he means. Because obviously footballers are just guys. Guys <laughs> with, with jobs and when a wife and wins. Like, you're just asking us what, what names do you know like but anyway Dave I'll, I'll give on you so I'm going to go for a thistle special and say Ziggy that's a good answer <laughs> Jamie you got anything uh, yeah big, big Ziggy big up Ziggy Gordon he's my football coach back in the day but um, you know I had no problem with this name in general but purely because of the thistle da part of the game of it Juan Allegria Remember, people like score a one on one, one nil and stuff. Thankfully, he never. Did, well, I say thankfully, he didn't score. Never over that mess he did in the playoff against Inverness. Regardless, he never scored, so people couldn't say, "Oh, one one, one nil, one on one." That I don't know. That was just, it's just what you expect, isn't it? When when that's when that sounds. But and there's no 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 offense to any other ones out there. It's a, it's a quality name. It's just the Fessel Dasmore. Well, thanks for your question, Dave. Please keep them coming. We will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Now, I'm going to press everybody for an answer this week. There's no hamstring pulls. There's no, oh, I need to leave early. I'm, I'm pressing everybody for an answer. What three courses would you serve if you were on Come Dine With Me? Jamie, I'll start with you. So you you asked me this in the in Cooper's the other day, Matt, and I, you weren't happy with the answer, but I'm giving it again. So it's, it's going to be a free-course Italian. My favourite food is Italian, so I'm going to have to go with it. And I said, for starter, you're getting past them. You said that was an outrageous starter, but I'm sticking with it. You're getting past it for starter. I have to decide on the day. Will it be pesto? Will it be tomato? Will I get some chilli in there? Probably. Then main course, I'm renting a pizza oven. You're getting that for main course. And then I've never made homemade ice cream, but that's what you're getting for dessert. So quality meal. I'm not saying it's not a quality meal. It's it's lots of good stuff, but to have pasta straight before a pizza... That, that is outrageous. You're going home in a wheelbarrow there, Jamie, but I'm not saying no Gary to served, like, the most filling thing in the world <laughs> as a star like that. Just know how it works, man. Can I do that? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll find out when you when you rate me on Come Down With Me, but I, that's, that's what you're getting. Listen, I was speaking to David earlier about a pod taskmaster. Pod Come Down With Me is coming first. Jack, what about you? What are you serving up? I'm going Italian as well, right? But my, my meal was far um, more advanced than and whatever Jamie's serving up here like. uh, so we're going to start with some arancini balls with a Napoli sauce probably only three because obviously I'm not giving you like nine arancini balls and pull yourself up what Jamie's brought us after <laughs> um, rigatoni carbonara for the main and finishing off with a lemon sorbet easy 
Easiest question ever. You making all of that? Um, maybe lean on, lean on Shannon. She's good at a terminator. As, as, as long as it's not shot bot, that's acceptable. Reese, what about you? See, just when you were mentioning like, Italian starters and stuff, it just uh, reminded me of something. I remember a couple of months ago, I went to that uh, Banca di Roma in town. I got a starter there, and it was the meatball starter, and I didn't think that was too bad. It's no my usual go-to, but I was like, you know, fancy Italian. And uh, Italian meatballs are always better than just, you know, spaghetti meatballs that you get for your house or the shop. But it's the proper, it's the real deal, right? So Italian meatballs as a starter, right? And out came four meatballs the size of gobstoppers, right, on a bed in mashed toys. And I was like, I thought maybe I'd get like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I was expecting, but four huge meatballs on a big bed of mashed toties, and I was basically gubbed before I'd even seen my main course. Um, so I don't don't make that mistake again. So for my starter, I'm going with a new one for me personally. Just at Christmas there the other day, I had some camembert cheese for the first time ever. A wee bit of, of bread to dip into, it and it was it was brilliant. A, a really nice start and sets the tone lovely. Um, main. I don't know, just I'll, I'll go with a, po- a pollo milanese, my usual um, safe bet option in this kind of thing. Don't think too many people would not like it. Um, and Is that bonus points for the pronunciation of pollo? Uh, <laughs> none of that pollo stuff. Um, and then dessert, I would normally say a cheesecake, but you know what, I'm going to say, see if on Boxing Day just there, I have which is probably, or probably some war ration stuff, but lovely, lovely stuff, man. It was really wholesome. Good stuff. I think I'd go fish pakora. I've started making my own pakora and a sort of deep frying it. So I'd, I'd do that. Recently got a slow cooker, so it'd be a sort of it'd either be a lamb curry or I made a chicken mango one in boxing this would be one of them. And I think after all that, I think you've just got to go over it one with a dessert and do a trifle or a banana split or something that sort of cleanse the palate after all those spices. So like if anybody wants to join in on the pod, come down with me. That will probably take place. And about 2028, please get in touch. The more the merrier. Mate, I, honestly, that's that's an absolute shaming um, Partridge Festival. You guys were all saying like contestants and Master Chef, like oh, I'm gonna have this with like a topping of lemongrass and stuff. And I was like, yeah, pizza, pasta, ice cream. Well, yeah, oh, time but... to prep it. Oh, well, if we, ever, if we ever do it, maybe maybe that I'll mix it up, go with someone else. Thank you very much for listening to the first Draw, Loser, Draw of 2024. We will be back next week to look back on our home game against our growth and preview a trip to Capolo. In the meantime, stay safe. La, la, la.